didn't fight until the war was won. But you deserve a chance to meet your son. Look around, look around at how lucky we are to be alive right now. Will you relish being a poor man's wife, unable to provide for your life? I relish being your wife. Get where you started. The fact that you're alive is a miracle. Just stay alive. That would be enough. I know. We want to hear the whole song. We've got some ground to cover. Um, peace is all around us. Is actually closer than we think. Peace is in us because the Prince of Peace lives in us. Christ in us the hope of glory. And if we're able to look around, look around, we get to see. We got to see a beautiful gift of someone in our youth sharing that she has an affirmation card from her friends that call out the truest parts of who she is. Look around, look around how lucky we are to be alive right now. Do you relish being a poor man's wife, unable to provide for your life? And then all the men who are married tear up, and they say, when their wife sings, I relish being your wife. Men, don't we want to hear that? Um, I want to hear that every day. My wife was hit as a pedestrian uh, by a drunk driver a month and a half ago. And we have seen so many gifts. And we've looked around. And she has so much peace from a reckless decision that somebody else made. What kind of peace is that? That is peace beyond understanding. That is the Prince of Peace living in us that we're able to react like that. And when we react like that, we live into our truest self that is peace. Out of the 1.2 billion sperm, you were the one that made it to the egg first. Look around, look around. How lucky... You are to be alive right now. My daughter blushed. This morning, I hope we look around and remind ourselves of how lucky we are to be alive right now and find peace. Spoiler alert, Jesus is peace. And he is not distant, but peace lives inside the depths of our soul. Peace is our true self. And when we dive into our soul, the deep soul work, sometimes we don't want to do because that's scary because we have to look at the dark sides of us. That's where the magic is. Peace is a process. Peace is a posture. Peace is a practice. Peace is who we truly are. This is my family. Thanks, John Hook, for the great pick. And this is a picture of me swapping spit with my wife for a pretty classic photo. <laughs> look around, look around how lucky I am to be alive right now. Pick three is the girls who bring me a lot of peace and a lot of non-peace. <laughs> I asked the girls what brings them peace. Avi says dancing and sleeping. I call that out because that's when you're alive. Like, yeah, I mean, you're, you're still alive when you're sleeping, technically. 
She's alive and peaceful when she's doing that. Kinley, what brings you peace? Being in my room, playing in my imagination. Being in a room, playing in her imagination. Addie, what brings you peace? Being in nature, being quiet, sometimes with no people around. I asked Addie this and I was surprised because it seems like she really enjoys being around people, but understanding that she does appreciate quiet allows me to love her more because I understand her. Understanding is love's other name. Krista, what gives you peace when you do everything I ask you to do? (laughs) KJ, what gives you peace doing whatever I want to do when I want to do it? No peace for you! I'm not going to lie, the resistance was potent this week as I prepared to talk about peace. It was everything but peace in the Johnson household. This week was quite frankly stressed me out. Thanksgiving on Thursday, we hosted our family from the west side. Friday, a seven-year-old 80s workout birthday party. Fifteen plus seven-year-olds sweating to the 80s. Saturday morning, early Christmas, followed by straight into Kinley's family birthday party, and then Kinley gets sick. Sunday, our chance to get that prize tree in hand. We bundle up the sick kid and force the merry and bright. Monday, Kinley gets real sick. Addie throws up in the middle of the night and starts her shivery frozen fever all night long. Tuesday, Wednesday, late night nutcracker dress rehearsals and Kinley's fever is climbing. Addie's still puking. Thursday, Krista gets strep. (sighs) Kinley rocking that temp like an 80s hair metal band. Addie is home feeling better. Friday. 2.30 a.m., I personally start to feel trouble in River City, so I throw up out of both ends. Perfect. I feel so at peace. As I drive Addie to the bus stop at 7 a.m. with fresh puke breath permeating in my car. I drive back home. Kinley's still rocking that mild fever like a hurricane. And Kleenex Kinley just hit a new world record for Kleenex boxes blown. I am not joking. I am not joking, 28 plus Kleenex boxes. We are still counting. Thanks for selling our house in September, Eric, so we can pay for all this. Saturday, I find myself at this coffee shop and I picked the perfect one. Russ knows this coffee shop. It's his neighborhood coffee shop. It's the Garland Rocket. I didn't go to Vessel this time. I just felt like this is a little warmer. I'm an ambiance guy and I find peace. And then five minutes before coming here, Krista pukes. I'm not joking. (laughs) She did. She got sick. My week was far from peaceful, far from ideal. Where's the peace? Where's the love? Where's the break? Can anyone relate? Can I get an amen? Can I get a hug? Can I get something? (laughs) No, seriously, can I get a... Want to hug it out? Okay. So I want to start with peace, and this may be weird because sometimes when I'm in church, I love to just sit in my peaceful spot, but I'm going to ask you to stand up. Okay, we're going to practice peace. This is called the body prayer. I learned the body prayer um, in a cohort of a Young Life cohort called The Good Way based on silence and solitude, two very different things. This is an ordering prayer as we empty ourselves, we fill ourselves, we receive love, and offer that love back to the world. It's a simple prayer. We breathe three times through each thing. Empty, filling, receiving. Here's what it looks like. And I I was looking at these because I know this is going to be a challenge. So I know that the people right here 
can just lean forward a little bit and go like this, okay? So it works, it totally works. So emptying is the first one, and this is the one where you just shake it, everything out, and you just allow your whole body weight just to be empty. And then we'll breathe there for three seconds. Breathe in, breathe out, breathe in, breathe out. Okay, the second one is filling. Filling is you're reaching your hands all the way to the ceiling. You're trying to touch the stained glass up there. Filling, filling. We start here and we breathe. One, two, three, and out. Breathe in. Two, three, out. Breathe in. Out. Then we are able to receive. We receive this love, so we receive it like this. We receive it with a head slightly bent in reverence. We receive that love and we hold it. Breathe. One, two, out, in, two, three, out. And out of that outpouring, we are able to offer that love to the world. And we breathe, one, two, three, out, in, out. Okay, let's do it one more time. This is a practice that's great to do in the morning and great to do in the evening or whenever you're stressed out and your wife pukes before you come here to give a talk. Okay. So I'll kind of walk through it, but we have emptying, we have filling, we have receiving, and then we have offering, okay? Here we go. All right, empty. All the cares, all the worries, be in the moment. Breathe in. Out. In. out, filling, breathe on your own, receiving, Receive the gift of life. Look around. Breathe. This is our memory and reminds us that we are loved. We offer that back to the world. One. Three. One. Two. Amen. You can have a seat. This prayer gives me peace. It slows me down. It's a great practice. It helps me pause to be a human being. 
Six years ago, I signed up for an online class taught by Richard Rohr on the Franciscan Way. Growing up, I had a subconscious belief that my denomination had it right, everybody else had it wrong, especially Catholics. I began to work with students at Gonzaga University and I had the privilege to be mentored by an actual Jesuit. These are like the Navy SEALs of the, <laughs> the deal. My mind was blown as I learned Catholics love Jesus. I know, how stupid. Uh, like as much as I do, love Jesus. And, and what's so funny is after their title, it says SJ, and that means like Society of Jesus. Like they're all about him. It's so cool. Ignorance was bliss as a kid, but dualism, right, wrong, Republican, Democrat, in, out of heaven wasn't working for me anymore. And like Aladdin, I began to see a whole new world, a dazzling place I never knew. I'll do that from time to time. Ask my girls, there's no shortage of Disney songs around our household. I started to love and appreciate St. Francis. He was wonderful, a model of peace for me. He loved nature, he talked to birds, and preached a message of peace and nonviolence with a short sermon as he walked through town, and he said, good morning, good people. That was the sermon. Didn't take him much time to prepare it. I took quite a bit more time with this one. But in that, he said some beautiful things. By saying good morning, he affirmed the morning. It's a good morning. Affirmed nature and God's nature that is beautiful and good. Good people, you are good. You are good. That's who you are. In the class I paid for that I got no credit for, it was turning out to be the best class I'd ever taken, probably for that reason. I didn't get credit for it. I wasn't graded on it. My assignments weren't judged. I participated in the magic of new knowledge and a lens outside of my Western theological one. A sometimes mystical experience they showed me to prayer and examining my heart and my soul. There is peace when it is well with my soul. Franciscan alternative uh, orthodox emphasizes incarnation more than redemption. For Franciscans, Christmas is more significant than Easter. <gasps> For them, you don't have to believe it, but I found it interesting and I loved it because Christmas is already Easter. Since God became a human being, then it is good to be human and we are already saved. Franciscans believe that Jesus did not come to change God's mind about us. Jesus came to change our minds about God. This sets us on an entirely positive foundation. Original sin is thrown away and original blessing is affirmed. Rather than being an ogre, God is love. Rather than being a sinner in the hands of an angry God, we are inherently and forever loved by God no matter what we do or what we've done. Let this sink in. God who is love created you in love to love. I always pause there. He created you so he could love you and be love to the world. God who is love created you in love to love and be loved to the world. 
Pelagius taught, when we look into the face of a newborn child, we are looking into the face of God freshly born among us. When we look into the face of a newborn child, we are looking into the face of God freshly born among us. That's Kinley right out of the gate. A.V. holding her, and look at their eyes. They're so locked. There's some connection here. Smart scientists say that it takes 15 seconds to create a neuron. My wife says neurons that fire together wire together. together. Yeah, she's got a really sexy brain. Um, so let's gaze into this photo, and let's pause and create a new neuron. This is how God looks at you when you were born holding you tenderly. It's pretty cool. We just created a new neuron. Just like that. <laughs> I love that picture. It looks like Avelyn's about ready to pounce on her and kiss her face off. And I think that's what God is too. He's a gentleman, so he's going to go like Hitch, 99.9. .9. But we got we to offer that. Stupid. <laughs> Which brings us to the Prince of Peace in Bethlehem. Here we are. We've arrived over 2,000 years ago, nine pound, five ounce baby Jesus, not quite 10 pounds because when a baby's over 10 pounds, the mom gets a lot of credit. So he's under 10 pounds, okay? <laughs> For the point of the story, the world was far from peaceful, violence all around, violence on the horizon as Herod feared his kingdom going down. A teenage virgin pregnant, Joseph don't leave or say a word. Mary, Mary, and father God's baby, no pressure. His life just took a dramatic turn. Word becoming flesh to dwell with his people, God among us, without having to go to a temple or a steeple. The Christ child born in the most humblest of ways, not at a mansion, palace, or Christmas sleigh. It was all, it was Christmas, so it rhymed. I couldn't say May because Christmas isn't in May. Shepherds are welcome. Low status was not an issue. The king of kings has no partiality, whether you're a woman, lame, or non-Jew. Peace on earth, goodwill towards rocks. Plants, animals, and humans. God's peace inside, Jesus reminds us that we are lumens. Jesus did not come to change God's mind about us. Jesus came to change our mind about God. Will you trust that you are made in his image, daughter and sons of the creator of all things? When we tap into this love, you won't need Red Bull to give you wings. Flying high, affirmed, and adored by this nine-pound, five-ounce baby Jesus, God freshly born. To find peace, we need to find love. To find love, we need to find God. One of my favorites, Thomas Merton says, there is one problem on which my existence, my peace, my happiness depend, to discover myself in discovering God. If I find him, I will find myself. And if I find myself, my true self, I will find him. This soul work is the work. Father Richard War follows with this. Don't start by trying to love God or even people. Love rocks and elements first. Move to trees, 
then animals, and then humans. Angels will soon seem like a real possibility, and God is just then a short leap away. It works. In fact, it might be the only way to love. Because how, do you, how you do anything is how you do everything. As John's first letter quite directly says, anyone who says he loves God and hates his brother or sister is a liar. This summer, I tore my Achilles playing hoop fest. Pell, we were going to win that thing. Maybe not, but we would have. <laughs> I would have given you a few more breaks, I guess. Uh, this summer, I tore my Achilles at Hoop Fest, and it wasn't even cool. I'm a number four kind of on the Enneagram, uh, and uh, so I like to be unique, and like 60 people tore their Achilles. It wasn't cool. In recovery, I went, <laughs> in recovery, I went to my parents' house. I feel that's a safe place for me. Uh, for some good company and reflection. I entered into this space excited uh, to linger in some silence and watch some animals come out to play like a symphony bringing life to an opera. I drew a picture and I titled it The Great Squirrel Rescue because this is what I witnessed. There's a squirrel up top. There's a squirrel on bottom. There's a tree. This is my parent. You know where it is, Dad. You know that picture. It's right there. Um, I witnessed a squirrel rescue and carry an injured squirrel to safety. I'm not joking. I, I cried. I bawled my eyes out. I suffered, with, I suffered with this squirrel, this tiny animal struggling to get her friend to safety because I know what it's like to be carried by a friend when I have suffered. And I know what it's like to carry a friend through suffering. I felt helpless, but Lord, we connected. Don't start by trying to love God or people. Love rocks and elements first. Move to trees, then animals. Angels will soon seem to be a real possibility, and God then is just a short leap away. Start loving trees. Start loving animals, and it's not weird because God created it. There is peace all around us, actually in us, Christ in us, the hope of glory. Jesus said, I must leave. I know this is a crazy verse. This is, this is a great verse. I must leave, and it is good for you. I'm going to send you a helper, an advocate, the Holy Spirit. God incarnate came, and now... He has come to live in us. When we tap into peace, we tap into our soul. When we tap into our soul, then we live into peace. The Celts celebrated a relationship between nature and grace. And I believe this is a key component in practicing and living out that incarnation, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Peace that passes all understanding. Here's an image of... Uh, one of my favorite theologians, uh, John Philip Newell, um, he talks about nature being our being, me with the squirrel grieving together, our being, being in nature, and grace being our well-being. Grace, when we offer grace, when we live into grace, that is our well-being, our truest self. Newell says, grace is given to reconnect us to our true nature, bringing peace to our soul and others. At the heart of our being is the image of God, and thus the wisdom of God, the creativity of God, the passions of God, the longings of God. Grace is not opposed 
to what is deepest in us, but what is false in us. It is given to restore us to the core of our being and to free us from the unnaturalness of what we are doing to one another and on the earth. When we see restricted grace, have we seen restricted grace where somebody hasn't offered somebody grace? It feels unnatural when they come with a fully repented heart. It feels unnatural. When we give grace, we are living into our truest self. I was taught, and maybe some of you were too, that I was a sinner. I have a sin nature. I am infected. There's a different way in thinking here. When we give grace, we live into our true self. We are not a sinner. Why can't we just say as human beings, we mess up, we have great potential for incredible good and great potential for incredible evil, but that's not who we are. We are not evil. We are not wretched. I want to tell you a story that highlights this because you'll feel it. The story highlights a moment of good parenting, living into my true self, to illustrate how this works in reality. Let me preface this by this is an outlier. I'm trying to make it a habit. <laughs> I woke up Addie, because um, I just read this quote about being and grace, so I'm just full of it. Um, and I, uh, Addie does not wake up. She sleeps through her, her alarm. Usually I will stand at the top of the stairs and I'll say, Addie, it's time to get up. We gotta go, you're gonna make me late. Come on, let's go. And I didn't do that. I walked down the stairs this time and she was so cute. She was in her bed sleeping. And I said, hey, Addie, it's time to get up. What? She looks at the alarm. I'm like, we've got like five minutes to get to the bus. I realize we're not gonna make it to the bus at this point. And so she wakes up frantic, gets out of bed. Oh, I don't know why my alarm didn't go off or I hit snooze 12 times. I don't understand why it turns off after the 12th time. I don't know. Um, and then um, I go upstairs. She gets in the car. We start driving. We miss the bus stop. We go down to the second bus stop. We miss the other bus stop. So now I have to drive her to school, but I'm full of grace. So we're, we're driving to school and I'm just waiting. And she turns in this tender voice and she just said, dad, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I made you late. I'm sorry I'm late. Um, I didn't want you to miss your meeting. And I was like, I know. I said, Addie, I know what it's like to sleep through your alarm. I know what it's like to hit the snooze button too much. Um, and that feeling of waking up that frantic, I go, that's punishment enough. I don't need to do anything. And then I lived into my truest self, and she lived into her truest self. I dropped her off. She didn't slam the door when she got out and went to school. She said, Dad, I love you. And I said, I love you too. And then I got back on the freeway, freaking high on life. <laughs> because I want, I want you to hear this. Because when we live into our truest self, that is who we are. When we live into the shame and the blame game, we are not living into our true self. And we feel it. Don't we feel it? It doesn't feel right. It feels unnatural, as John, John Philip Newell will say. It feels unnatural to not offer grace. And I think that is so rad about the God that we serve because that is who he is. Not a God that requires shame and for us to beg for forgiveness. A God that just welcomes us home and says, hey, I get it. I love you. We've forgotten who we are. Or maybe no one has told us. Or maybe we don't want to believe it. 
but we see it and we feel it. Ungratefulness feels unnatural because that's not who we are. This is why I love the movie Moana. Theologically, one of Disney's finest because, spoiler alert, the villain in this movie is not just killed. It's restored back to their original beauty. Who she true... Uh, and then Moana in this clip, I'm going to show a clip, of course I am, I'm Disney. Moana reminds Teka, who's really Tafiti. Come with me on this one. Teka, <laughs> Teka has had her heart ripped out by Maui. He's a demigod of the wind and sea. He rips out her heart. And when we have our heart ripped out, when we have our heart hurt, what do we do? We turn into lava monsters. Pride gets in the way. This is great parenting. You can point to this movie, but that's not who we are. She's not a lava monster, but she's had her heart ripped out. So in this beautiful cinematic scene, made artificially, Moana walks towards Teka Tefiti and reminds her of who she is. And you'll watch the scales come off. We see this. When we, when we offer grace, we watch scales come off of people and they live into their true personality, and they live into their... Um, so, wink, wink, Jesus is our memory, reminding us who we are. Moana is kind of that Jesus character here. Uh, I want you to watch the power of this scene, the power of what happens when we live into our truest self and call people's truest self out. Moana. gets me. Because I have not lived into that view a lot of my life. This is who we truly are. This is who we truly are. And if we believe that, whew, the scales come off and we can get to do some real work when we do some of that real soul work. I have crossed the horizon to, I've crossed the horizon to find you. <laughs> you knew I was going to do it. 
Jesus will go anywhere and everywhere. He will cross the horizon to find you. He will go to the depths of your soul as you dive into that stuff to find you. I know your name. Before the foundations, he knows your name. He calls you by name to be known by name. But they have stolen the heart from inside you. When you get hurt, you hurt people. Recognize that and live into the peace that is in you. Call out that peace in other people. But this does not define you. Your pain does not define you. That's not who you are. You know who you are, who you truly are. God, who is love, created you in love to love and be love to the world. Look around, look around how lucky we are to be alive right now. But get ready. Once you practice peace, you are going to be met with resistance, a powerful force, and you will mess up. But give yourself grace. You are learning how to love. You are learning how to Jesus, and that takes time. Meet that resistance with grace and peace as you live into your truest self. You are peace. You are peace. Peace is in you. Practice peace. You are peace. Amen. What a coaster of roller. Thanks for listening. Not even sure we really need to wrap that up. It's amazing. Thanks, KJ, for sharing that. Uh, let me just give one quick thought before we go. Um, I don't know if Advent and Christmas time is this for you, but for me, it sometimes feels harried, rushed, nonstop, party, another party, event, planning. Shoot, we forgot to get this done. Here we go, here we go, here we go. And I think what KJ emphasized at the beginning in the first part of the talk really is about this idea of what does it mean to kind of center yourself, to slow down, to be fully present. It's hard to find peace if you're rushed. It's hard to find peace if you can't pause. And in that pause, what KJ was sharing in the second half of the talk is that's when you can hear that voice most clearly. And it's when you need to remind yourself of who you truly are. We have Christ, the hope of glory, living in us. And that is amazing. So may we lean into that this season. Will you stand with me? As we close in benediction. Newcomb. As we continue in our season of Advent, may we welcome our joys and struggles as we walk the holy and sacred path of following you. May we find a presence and stillness and peace. And may we breathe in the goodness of God, the kindness of Jesus, and the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. Amen.